All right, Johnny Hockey wins it in overtime for the Flames, 3-2 the final, but the Leafs do get a point. Back at it again for another edition of Leafs Nation postgame in podcast form. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Thanks to Sam McKee uh, for putting it all together. So, Gord, the Maple Leafs lose it, 3-2 the final. Uh, they go 6-2-1 and in the season against the Calgary Flames, falling uh, to 5-4 and now in overtime. Your thoughts? Well, there's a lot of layers there, Nick, and one is they're a way better team than Calgary, so that's about right. Um, overtimes, uh, it's kind of gimmicky, but I get annoyed when you're cheering for a team when they give up a goal like happened tonight. But anyway, yep. they still get the point. Um, and you mentioned it too, Nick. We'll talk about it in that the Daryl Sutter style in Calgary. We kind of, if you're a Leaf Nation, brought ourselves down to that style. Like, it's not an entertaining style. It's not the Toronto Maple Leaf centric style. It's not what they're about. It's not their strengths. And at the end of the day, they're going to get a win out of this. So, you know, I, I, I still think, I don't know, like how much Calgary's got to win four-pointer after four-pointer after four-pointer to get back in the playoff hunt. But it's one point. There's a, you know, there's a certain number of positives. But, man, please, I don't want to see this style of hockey next. No, it was ugly, and certainly I'm right there with you. I just don't think that's a sustainable way to play in a seven-game series. You're going to win from time to time, which we've seen throughout this season series, now wrapping up in nine games, and I believe two victories for Calgary under Daryl Sutter against the Maple Leafs. But just, I just don't know how sustainable that style is. I thought Jacob Markstrom, the third period, was really, really good. The Maple Leafs blitzing them, finally figuring out a way to get out of that trap. We don't want to use that word in this day and age, but... Plug in the neutral zone was a theme in the first two periods where I think you could probably put a baby to sleep, Gordo. Well, Daryl Sutter did it once with the Los Angeles Kings, but people forget, and Jeff Carter just got traded, but there were some uh, offensive components to that team. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you know, uh, a guy who passed away years ago, I'm sure you're a little bit aware of Roger Nielsen. I think the world of him, and he made. Um, bad teams average. He made average, team, average teams better, but the great teams he did not allow for their greatness. And it was boring hockey. And I love Roger, but it was boring hockey. It was successful hockey for a little bit. And, you know, that's what Calgary is trying, uh, uh, trying to accomplish right now. And, and, and Nick, that quite frankly, that's why I like whatever the lease may be. And I think right now it's good and will continue to be good is they're going to do it on a, on a different trajectory. You know, they're going to do it about the skill, about the offense, about all those other things. And obviously, I mean, there's pros and cons, Gore, to take from this loss here in OT, uh, Johnny Goodrow, the winner. Uh, but I, I think it sets you up for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, not to this extent, but this is the style we're going to see, Gord. We've seen it a lot in recent memory, you know, dating back to the bubble, the way Columbus played. Um, you know, clogging the neutral zone, clogging everything, shutting out Toronto in two of five games in that series. So if anything, if, if I can grab anything from this game, even though they lost, I'll be quite frank about it, really didn't care about the result in this game because at this point we know the Maple Leafs are going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs and playoff positioning looks uh, okay in, in that point of view as well. Uh, but it, my takeaway is that they're showing the ability throughout this season to play this type of game, and patience is a virtue in these type of games. And I think they're going to be okay, and I think you can take, you could take some learning lessons from games like this one. Well, I hope and I agree with you about that, uh, about learning all the different styles and trying to accommodate in a playoff where the Leafs have had no success. It's funny, Lou Lamorello's been gone a couple of years, but he's a guy I knew from way, way, way back when. 
So I had lunch with him a couple of times in Toronto when he was here and different things. And I, I kidded, Nick, I called it the Jay Pandolfo syndrome. <laughs> and, you know, and the, to the point being exactly what you're saying, the guy that gets four goals during the regular season and then gets five in the playoffs because all of a sudden his type of role is way more prominent. His, time, his type of shutting it down, doing whatever is way more prominent and, prominent, and he's needed much more. And that's kind of what we saw with the Calgary Flames. So the other side is Lou Lamorello's New Jersey Devils didn't win the Stanley Cup every year. You know, teams uh, more often than not found ways to win series against them. And I think that's kind of a, even though the, I don't think the Calgary Flames will be in the playoffs, a, a healthy exercise for the Maple Leafs tonight. And again, that's why you go out there and get a Nick Foligno as opposed to maybe a Taylor Hall who watching a lot of that, uh, his debut, he, he was not good again. Uh, you know, I think he picks up a point. It was uh, um, unassisted at some point in time, but he didn't look very good. I, I know it's one game, but I, I rather Nick Foligno in this setting, the type of player. And I think to your point, you need like guys like that in the Stanley Cup playoffs to score big time goals. Speaking of which, uh, Milan Lucic scored game 1,000. Um, he was buzzing all night. Uh, I mean, it was really, really impressive, and it seemed to have went to his legs to play in Game 1000, got the uh, the skate uh, in the warm-up by himself as well, um, and also got a fight. So he, he pretty much did everything. I think he was a goal shy of the Gordie Howe hat-trick here in his 1000th uh, <laughs> game, but I'm happy too. And I know I made too much of this a couple weeks ago, but, but Scott Sabrin making Milan Lucic answer the bell. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I know this is the final game of the season between Calgary and Toronto, but I have a long memory, as you know. And uh, that hit way back when, about a month ago, did not sit well with me, uh, Lucic on Matthews, and I'm happy he answered to it. And Scott Sabrin uh, obliged as well. Yeah, and uh, first of all, your predecessor, Mark Savard, uh, tweets today, huge. Uh, everyone that's played with Milan Lucic has nothing but positives to say. So, mm. you know, I think I think we'll both echo that sentiment. Gets an yeah. assist on the first goal, 1,000th game. He does the wave to the no fans in the <laughs> arena. Love that. But I do like that. And, you know, Sheldon Keefe, we talk about all the different components he's putting in the lineup to give him different variables for the playoffs. And Sabrin understands what he is in there for. So, Nick, under any other circumstances, you'd say, wait a sec, you just got momentum, you tied it 1-1, why would you possibly give momentum back to the other team? But Sabrin goes out there and takes on the biggest ombre. And to, you know, in in the case of Lucci's, he's given up age. So he just, you know, like he's going okay, whatever. But, you know, good on both of them. It's not what it used to be in the game nowadays about that element of fighting. But there's none of it really to that level on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he's basically telling Sheldon Keefe. And, you know, part of why it is, you see, you saw Lucic cut, but you saw Sabrin with the ice pack on his hand hmm. in the penalty box. And that's the tough part nowadays is the equipment compared to, say, the old Wendell Clark days, you know, where they're, you know, and even then you took damage that way. And anyway, uh, I, I like that in that saying, uh, he's telling, you know, it's maybe a last little thing about what happened in, in the regular season versus Calgary, but just kind of saying to Sheldon Keefe, hey, buddy, you want some physicality? You want some all right barroom brawls? You got your guy. I'm down for it uh, as well. 429 for Scott Sabrin and his Maple Leafs debut, uh, probably what you expected. And I think this team, quite frankly, down the stretch is going to be subject to load management. We love that phrase here in this market, but... Really don't have much of details or update on Jason Spezza, but I would wager good money. They're just resting him, uh, and we'll see maybe in the coming days. But 
I'm I, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be a regular occurrence down the stretch, and I would see a Joe Thornton, the next man up, no? Yeah. First of all, Nick, would you and Sabrin, would would that be like kind of a barroom brawl of two cats? Would you be the two cats at two cats? Would that be Yeah, us? probably. Yeah, very likely. So. Coming in, clearing that thing out at last call. <laughs> well, uh, uh, to the other point, because Sabrin, even though he liked to play every game, he doesn't need the old management. But you're right. And you're right, especially with the veteran players. And that's yeah. part about banking points and about like, and Sabrin again tonight, like all these different, and Kerfoot finally gets a goal. Like, this is the guy, Nick, they're giving it to him. Nick, you want the third line center job? You got it. But you got to give us a little bit more. And, um, you know, and he hasn't last year. He's been okay, but this is no longer an okay team. And we want a bit more. So he gave, came up with a big goal tonight. But the other players, whether it's Nick Robertson on the smaller size, can give you skill and hopefully give you scoring. Or Sabrin, the other extreme, gives you that component. And then you then you got the veterans. So you've got all these different things that Sheldon Keith, you know, is all these options. He's looking to hope, like a conductor, Nick, of a symphony and trying to get the right instruments in. And that certainly is the hope, I think, for Sheldon Keefe, that you, you want to light that fire under these guys. And they'll never admit this score, but we're thinking it. They're thinking it for sure. I mean, this season uh, is pretty much spoken for. We know they're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're likely playing the Montreal Canadiens, barring you know a collapse here in first place, and you don't take on Montreal. But still, how much stock do you put it with no crowd? Um, they're thinking it. And, and I think Sheldon Keefe, to, to his point and to his credit, I think is trying to find ways to get this team going and keep them going, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You go way back when I was at the visitation for one of the greatest guys ever, the late Jim Gregory, former Leafs general manager, NHL executive. I was talking to a, you know, prominent player agent then who just said, you know, the Leafs, he, he has many, he has a few clients on the Leafs and they lost. And he said, he, they hope that was the game that got Mike Babcock fired. And I, I did not realize Nick till then, it was at that level. I think it was about 10 days later he got fired, okay? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it was that toxic going on. So Sheldon Keefe came in like the EMS guy coming for damage control with a defibrillator and a lot of things that got him back on track and whatever. And so they got back in it, but then it was not an overly successful body of work in the big picture, despite the success getting back on track. And to your point, like this is Sheldon Keefe's team now. And he's got a persona and Nick, he, he likes to keep guys a little bit on edge. Part of, part of these different finagle he does with the lineup of the forwards is, you know, like, like he wants to be a little pissed when they're not dressed. Like, like, like he really needs guys that are coming in the playoffs, especially the playoffs and have some bite, have some whatever. And by and large, I think he's juggled this remarkably well. I agree. The Maple Leafs falling to 28-11-4 on the season. Again, 5-4 and four in overtime. Now to the other debut. Again, we talked about uh, Scott Sabrin's Maple Leafs debut. But how about big save Dave? I mean, I think it's got to be difficult. And David Riddick, um, you know, playing this quickly. But the fact that he flies over with the team that traded him and then plays against them in his Maple Leafs debut. But uh, no complaints here. 25 saves, Gord. Yeah, only in COVID world would that happen, right? Mm. Only in COVID world. And... I use the word deportment. I think you like that word. I do. And I feel more comfortable with him over Michael Hutchinson. Again, we got to stop. We're not screwing Michael Hutchinson. So uh, I like what I saw tonight. Made some made some big save. Dave made some big saves late. Big save Dave did to preserve that 
what ended up being the um, overtime loss point for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, especially the save on Elias Lindholm late in the third period. Uh, I don't know about you. I was biting my nails in the uh, the final four or five minutes of this game because of the just the defensive zone lapses for this team. Alex Kerfoot, uh, Galchenyuk, there was a couple of them, and certainly they want to clean things up before the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, last couple of remarks, Zach Hyman, his fourth consecutive 15-goal season. It always seems like when the Maple Leafs need a goal, it seems like it's either Matthews or Zach Hyman, Gordy. He's had an unbelievable season, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, Matthews does it with the quantity leading goal scorer in the NHL. But, yeah, Zach Hyman, it's, you know, I like it. It's kind of a slower love affair, Nick. You know, it's not like Austin Matthews, first overall pick. Mitch Marder, the little kid that you love and skates and razzmatazz and stuff. Zach Hyman, the acquired taste. Zach Hyman, why is he on the first line? Like, it's the one, it's, it's, I would say it's the one thing. And there's more things Mike Babcock did well, but he would articulate why you needed a player like that on the line. He'd go back to Pavel Datsuk and guys like that in Detroit were dying, dying for Zach Hyman on their line. So uh, you're you're right. It's it's fun to watch. And then he's added that bulldozer component. The shortest path to the net is the straightest path. <laughs> he's, not a, he's not a big guy, but he takes it all the time. Yeah, and he plays that heavy game. Uh, you know, it's very similar, and I think he's got more skill than maybe a Kirk Maltby did back in the day, Chris Draper with Detroit. But I just think it's really, really comparable, and obviously a big reason why Mike Babcock loved the player, and so does Sheldon Keefe. Got to give a lot of credit to John Tavares tonight, the captain, Gorda. I thought he was fantastic, especially on the Hyman goal, um, just carving out space, his edges. Uh, I mean, the stuff you really don't notice and see on a nightly basis, that's why I love this guy, especially as captain. He's a perfect shield for this team. Uh, two assists in this game for John Tavares, eight points in the last six. So credit to him. But we got to wrap up, Gord. Uh, you know, we always have to talk about the power play when they're doing well. But the power oh play. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> One for oh the last 38. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And just first, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the accolades for yeah. John Tavares because, you know, you, you know, you and I find out we're defending him a bit much, which is not what we intend to do. I mean, there's a greatness there. And sure enough, the offensive stats have not been commensurate with what you expect or how he's played. But anyway, the power play, Nick, what is the deal? <laughs> the four-minute power play in the third period on the stick on Joe Thornton, like, man, oh, man. Like, I thought, okay, this is a time to make a statement, get the power play goal, win it. And they didn't. Like, we're taught, we're getting close. I know it's 1-38, in 38, I believe, but we're getting close to, like, you're, you're, you're sort of saying 80 minutes of power play time, so four periods – and you scored one goal. And that corny joke that will decline the penalty, which I detest, is starting to come rear more and more its ugly head with. And I mean, they had some chances, Nick, but anyway, it's something they got to work on. So if your life's going perfectly like yours and mine are, it's always good to have something a little awry we can work on. For the Maple Leafs, their life's not going perfectly, but they're playing really well. So this gives them something to work on. Yeah, the numbers are certainly revolting. Again, 0 for 2, they had a four-minute double minor and really couldn't even gain the zone. But again, they got uh, you know 13-some-odd games to figure this out before the Stanley Cup playoffs scored, which leads us to Thursday night. Still at Scotiabank Arena hosting the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, we joked about it a couple weeks ago that the rest of the slate will, would be filled uh, with both the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets. So we see Winnipeg again on Thursday night. Your thoughts? You know, and these might be the two teams they play in the playoffs if they want to get out of the Canadian division, Winnipeg and Montreal. So it's interesting. You get a lot of games against them. And I think that's more, you know, what you have to start looking at as the Toronto Maple Leafs, Nick. 
that that kind of mindset. And you mentioned it tonight. They they probably won't play Calgary in the playoffs, but that kind of mindset. They weren't successful tonight, but in general, adapting to it. I thought those three wins in Edmonton kind of showed that right now, with what Edmonton has, two superstars and the rest, you've got yourself in a good place to play them in a best four to seven series. And I think with Montreal and Winnipeg, Nick, there'll be a lot of feeling that out about, okay, you know, let's see what gives. And this is where, what what does Nick Foligno add that way? So that when you get to a best four to seven with one or both of those teams, um, you're the victors. Exactly. And that's the most important part about getting this team streaking in the right direction. By the way, you know, even hearing during the broadcast on uh, on Tuesday night that uh, Nick Foligno, I don't even believe has, has got to Canada just yet, but he will quarantine for seven days and is expected to join the Maple Leafs in Winnipeg at some point in time next week. So we're eagerly anticipating that debut. And there's a couple other guys as well. I, I think they'll honestly all get a shot, guys, like Antti Suomela, Stefan Nason, you know, Ben Hudden. I think the key here is not only to keep the the guys fresh, you know, keep Campbell fresh. You brought David Riddick in. So everybody's a key ingredient to this puzzle. And you want to trend in the right direction and got, get hot at the right time, right? Yeah. And I, I like what you said about all those guys. Like, why would you acquire anybody and not play them? Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like, like, unless, like, like none of them are our strict salary cap had to make it work that kind of way. So, yeah, and, and just provide Sheldon Keefe options. You may be Toronto Marlies. That may be your level, whatever it may be. But, again, you got all these different components and elements for a team that's lacked playoff success. Anything, anything that you can read. And being a bench coach will be huge on this. Adapting and figuring and melding and, you know, changing about can give you a playoff game. Success will be huge. All right, Al Gordo, with that, I'll bid you farewell, and we'll talk once again here on the pod coming up on Thursday night. El Nico, a pleasure. Talk to you Thursday. Sounds good. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Once again, the Maple Leafs fall 3-2 in overtime here against the Calgary Flames. Johnny Goodrow, uh, the OT winner of the Maple Leafs, 6-2-1 in the season series of the Calgary Flames. I'd say they're very happy with that.